Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Words of Life podcast that is now uh, transitioning from our daily Bible reading into more of a long-form content for 2024. I'm super excited to, to be continuing on and providing some amazing content from God's Word. And I have with us today uh, on, on, on film... <laughs> on in studio um my my dear friend my brother in christ and my brother-in-law uh kevin bruni so welcome thank you so much for coming on and uh and helping me to provide you know th this great great content yeah glad to be here that's awesome so uh kevin uh is a gospel preacher uh in arizona and um uh, he also is an avid study studier uh, of the Bible, and we have uh, we have both have a, 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 a deep passion for the Book of Colossians. In fact, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've done with the book recently, and um, just take it from there. Yeah, so you know, one of the things that uh, I've been doing a lot of at the church where I do a lot of the preaching is uh, looking at the letters of Paul. Uh, one of the things that uh, has sort of struck me more as I've grown older, and I always tell people, right, this is my experience. I don't know what your experience was. You can try this on for size. Maybe it fits, maybe it doesn't. Um, but I don't remember growing up really spending a lot of time in sermons going through a whole letter or an entire book, right? That was more the purview of like a Bible class, perhaps. Um, and, and sermons were sort of topical, right? You, you pulled something or if, if you did take something, it was one piece from one chapter of, of whatever. Um, and so I've really been interested in sort of understanding how the, the whole goes together, right? It's, it's not just chapter three that I want to look at, for example, um, Paul's writing with, uh, and, and all the gospel writers as well, and all the writers in the New Testament are writing with a purpose and intent, and they intend you to read the whole thing, right? Um, and so we've been going through a lot of those letters of Paul, and Colossians is one of the one that we had done, um, you know, this past year. Uh, and then I had another opportunity to go out and uh, speak at another congregation out in California. They had invited me to come out. Uh, and so I presented a series of lessons from uh, Colossians as well to them. Uh, so I've gone through it a, a couple times from the pulpit, if you will, uh, as well as with my own studies and, and preparing those lessons. Uh, and I'm really interested in it, uh, sort of Adam, as you said, um, and we had kind of talked about before, because of this idea of how relevant it is in our situation uh, today, right? Like uh, the Paul's writing when he's writing this letter to a largely Gentile audience, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure your church is largely Gentile. I don't, um, it's yeah. probably entirely Gentile could be right. Same as, <laughs> same as the church I'm at, uh, right. the congregation where I'm at. Um, he's writing to a group of people that he's never actually met. Uh, that, that's clear from the text as well. He's just heard of them. He's never met them face to face. Uh, and so again, I go, Hey, that's like me. Paul's never met me face to face. I've never met him. Right. So the things that he's telling them, this group of people he's never met, should be somewhat similar to my experiences and should apply to me in that way. Right. He's not like when I was there and I saw this thing, I'm trying to address that specific problem. Right. It's just, right. here's what I want you to know. Cause I heard about you and I heard your Christians. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that seems really relevant, um, you know, in my circumstances and, and I'm sure a lot of the people listening as well. So, yeah, I, I think that's, that's honestly one of the reasons the book itself resonates so well uh, with us, with me and you and, and, and others is, is that very fact that, He's writing it to, to Christians, right? And and that we fit in that camp. We don't have that relationship that he's, you know, specifically talking about certain things. And he's just saying, hey, look, here is 
here is how much how how much how blessed we are, right? Let's let's yep. let's remember what, how blessed we are, and let's live a certain way. And yep. uh, I'm really excited to to do a kind of a deep dive into the book. Um, you know, just to kind of reflect on on the this this the whole year of 2023 when I took on this this project of reading through the Bible in its entirety. Uh, it it's been a really amazing experience because, like as you said. It's different when you just study, you're trying to pull out, uh, you know, trying to answer a question or yeah, trying topical. to be a topical thing. Right. Uh, and, we, you know, we, we, we kind of grow up studying the Bible that way. Like I have a question and I want to find the answer. What does right. the Bible tell me about, about. Y or Z, <laughs> you know, um, but like just as an example, I just reading the book of Jonah in its entirety. Right. Uh, you know, uh, when, when, it, when we got, that was one day of reading this year for me. Yeah. And there were so many lessons that popped into my head. When you read I, it all at once. <laughs> I, I ended up preaching a sermon about, yeah. about Jonah, you know, I'm like, this is really exciting. There's so many lessons here that I've never heard or learned before that I think is, uh, you know, applicable for everybody. So, so yeah. Uh, reading through the book of Colossians, um, and for anybody interested, I will go ahead and link uh, at the end of the video, uh, the reading of the book of Colossians. Um, there might be multiple days. I think there's multiple mm -hmm. days where Colossians is in there. But um, if you'd like to listen to the to the word as done in 2023, uh, you can do that there. But let's go ahead and get into it. So why don't we let you start, uh, introduce uh, everybody to the book of Colossians. Uh, yeah, so kind of as we you know mentioned a minute ago, it's it's you know written by Paul. He's writing to this group of Christians uh, in in Colossae, right, which is a, a Gentile congregation. That's clear from the text as well, right? I mean, there were Jews that were spread throughout the Roman Empire, but um, it's clear from the text the the group is largely Gentile or, or maybe all Gentile, uh, given the kinds of things he talks about, their former way of life, right, uh, things of that nature. Um, He's likely writing, you know, best guesses somewhere maybe around 80, 60 ish. Um, all those dates are somewhat speculative, of course. Uh, and he seems clear he's writing from from prison. Um, but, uh, you know, as he writes that that letter to them. Right. And and this is one of the questions I usually try and answer. You know, if I look, it's not like today. Right. I can't just hop on and send an email or, or write a letter and drop it in the post. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write something. I'm going to either have to, it sounds like Paul would have someone transcribe things for him, right? Uh, he's going to have to write it on some sort of parchment. He doesn't just have unlimited paper and things like we have and pull out a pencil and whatever, right? Or, or type something up. He's then going to have to give it to someone who's going to have to travel hundreds or thousands of miles on foot or by boat or camel or, or donkey or whatever to get this letter there, right? It's quite an endeavor. Uh, and so if you're going to go to all that trouble, you know, what's the point, right? What's, what's the purpose? There's got to be some reason you're writing that. It's not just like we jump on our phone and shoot a text. Hey, just thinking of you, how you doing, right? Um, that, that's, there's some reason. Uh, and certainly Paul is motivated by the Holy Spirit as well uh, to, to write to them. But it, the question I always want to answer is sort of what's the purpose, right? Why is he writing? Um, and when you look at uh, Colossians, there's sort of two big ideas that, that kind of jump out to me. Uh, one is this idea that that's clear that he's trying to combat some sort of false teaching that's going around 
Now, again, he doesn't necessarily know what's happening in Colossae, right? It's just, it's, it's spreading throughout uh, the empire. It's spreading throughout Christian uh, groups at this time, but we never really know what that is. He doesn't tell us specifically, right? It, it's not like some of the other places where it's, you know, matters of circumcision or do you have to keep the old law or things of that nature. We don't, we don't get that kind of clarity here. But what's interesting to me is we can, we can infer maybe what some of the problems were. And even if we don't know what the problem was, so I go, is it, is it the problem I'm having in, in my group or where I'm at in my life? What's interesting is his answer to that problem, his solution to that problem has nothing really to do with the problem itself, right? Uh, his solution to the problem is addressed by pointing out who Jesus is and what he's all about, right? And so that's interesting to me because I go, well, if I'm having some problem, is my solution in finding out and just understanding who Jesus is and what he's all about, right? And if, if I do that, is that going to solve my issue as well? Uh, and so it's it's really useful kind of uh, in that way, right? It, it's similar uh, to the condition we find ourselves in. Uh, and the other thing that's really interesting that comes out pretty early in the text as well, uh, he's clearly writing to them to, to reveal this hidden thing, this thing which has been hidden, this thing which was a mystery, this thing which was covered up, that has now been revealed to them, right? And so he wants to he wants to give them this revelation as well. That make sure they understand this thing which was hidden before has now been opened up to us. We now know what that hidden mystery is. Um and and it's layered, uh, but I don't want to you know jump too far ahead there. But um, <laughs> yeah. it's it's really profound when you think about what that mystery is that people didn't understand was going to happen, um, and so uh, that that and that's all tied up again in who Jesus is and what he's about. So uh, yeah, that's kind of the the topic of the text, and and then of course at the end he goes, so then what do you do, right? Because of that, now what does that mean for your life, right? How how right. ought you to live? How ought you to act? Which is you know, common in a lot of Paul's letters, he, he'll always start with, this is sort of the theological, right? This is about God. This is about Jesus. This is about your redemption. This is about whatever. And then he'll transfer into, so what? So what does that mean for your daily life, right? How do you yeah. go about doing what you do and, and being who you are because of that, right? And so that's yeah. same sort of structure here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's fantastic. Good job. Um, well, I think it'd be good for us to go ahead and just get into the text and, uh, you know, we'll just take our time. We'll go through it in, you know, in little sections. And, um, you know, I think that uh, um, we'll just see how far we get and go from there. Sounds good. good. All right. Let me pull it up here for us. Uh, I went ahead and uh, copied the ESV version uh, of the text, which is what I've been reading all year. So that's... Uh, it's kind of kind of where I where I normally live. I, I grew up mainly reading the New King James version, and uh, when I'm studying, I like you, uh, I'll go to several versions and cross reference and see how things are phrased, because sometimes a, a turn of phrase, one way or another, can really help you to understand things differently, or you know, make you think about things yeah. in a different way. So, yeah, and I've noticed even things like punctuation, right? Which which is supplied by the translators, right? Where do right. they put that period or that comma? Makes it, you know, makes me think about it in different. I don't think it changes the meaning of the text. I don't want to suggest yeah. that, but it and, makes me go, oh, let me think about that, huh. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that the as as we study the New Testament, there's there's some really unfortunate chapter breaks. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I think this. Man. I think Colossians has some as well. It right? does. Uh, it does. <laughs> really? Right yeah, there. Right. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Because we, you know, we we just naturally gravitate towards a chapter break thing. Oh, 
that's the that's end, the of end that of that thought, yeah, right, you yeah, know? right. And then what's the next thought, you know, yeah. but no, that's all connected, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, all right, let's go ahead and get into it. I'll just read um, this, this first section here. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God, our father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. So as always, I find that Paul's introductions um, and and his his seemingly run-on sentences sometimes, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the commas are really helpful yeah. uh, for to understand uh his his long sentence form sometimes but uh there's a lot here in just these first you know four or five verses so um we we see that obviously he he says it's he's writing the letters he's paul the apostle paul right uh and timothy's with him at this time right yep. so uh which is interesting because timothy is a young man young preacher who he had left in ephesus and was uh, was preaching in Ephesus most of the time, uh, but during the, at this time at this writing, uh, I believe he was still training with Paul. Yeah, he's he's with him one way or the other, right? Uh, right at a certain a certain place, um, and you know a lot of the letters when you look at we call, we call them the letters of Paul, right? But a lot of them have other people <laughs> in yeah. the in the from line, right? As well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Timothy is a common one. Yeah, uh, Titus we'll see sometimes as well, uh, and others. But uh, yeah, he he has this uh, statement there, right? That where we want to write this to you, yep. Um, and you know. Paul, a lot of times, starts off his letters this way as well, with this idea of, you know, grace and peace from God, the Father, or grace and peace uh, from Jesus, things of that nature. And then he goes into these 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 almost prayers, right? Or at least he recounts what I pray for you for, yep. right? So in, in that way, right, it's somewhat typical of the, the way Paul writes most of his letters. Um, but, you know, like we were saying before, this idea here that it's just an introduction, just blow over it. Right. It's sort of you're missing out on a lot of really interesting stuff. Right. Yep. These are not always the same. Right. He's he, he, correct. It's yeah. not like you can grab the first eight verses of every letter of Paul and slap them interchangeably. Right. And just right. change who it's to and who it's from. Um, yep. He has different things that he, he knows about these people and different things he'll say about them uh, here. Uh, and, you know, like we said before, it's pretty it's clear right from the get go. You know, I didn't teach this to you. You didn't learn this from me. Right. right? Paul didn't go to Colossae and set up this church. You right. learned it from Epaphras and we heard about you from him. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and so a lot of this here is what did we hear about you? Right. What, what is the report of the Colossian church or churches, um, you know, in the world at large? Cause I'm sure Epaphras didn't just tell them about it. Right. Uh, and what was that, you know, amongst the apostles, what did they know about the Colossian church? Uh, and so the things that he prays for them for tells us something about sort of their, their character and, and what they were about. Uh, and yep. so things, those things are interesting there. I think there's three of them if I, if I count them right, but, uh, the things yeah, that God for. and Paul, 
Paul oftentimes will will have these triplets that yep. he uses. You know, these 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 series of three things uh, that he'll he'll do it. So, um, I also really appreciate um, and am humbled when I compare my prayer life to the prayer life of Paul. Sure. Uh, I mean. There, there's a group of, of our brethren here uh, it, locally who they, they've set up a prayer meeting every morning, Monday through Saturday. And they're meeting together on Zoom. And they're going through a really, really, really long list of mo mainly just our brethren, the people we know about, people that are, have health concerns and things like that. And it's it's um, I'm trying to to make time to make that a habit. Uh, haven't haven't been able to do it uh, every day but uh it's the i've only done it once so far you know and i, I just i just kind of learned about it uh it's at 9 a.m on, on you know and which is kind of an awkward time for sure. me it's, it's like you know it's like oh man if it was like if this was 6 a.m i'm i'm there right Before i start I work it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so uh but the fact that paul who doesn't know these people yeah He's he's saying that I have been praying for you. That means a lot, and I think we can we can learn as as like as look. I'm in Tennessee now. You're in Arizona, right? We don't interact every day. I don't I don't interact with with the brethren there that that you worship with. Yeah. Um. But I know a bunch of them. I I know a lot of them. I know you personally, and and I think it'd be good to remember you in my prayers, you know? Yeah. Agreed. Right. And Paul will say in another place, um, you know, that, that this is, this is our life that we hear that you're doing well, right? Like that, that's, yeah, that's sort of, you know, he says, this is, uh, things are good with me. If I hear that, that the churches are doing well. Right. And I don't know that we yeah. often think that way right. um, in our lives. Right. Like what makes my life good? Is it, Oh, well, I, everything's terrible, but I heard the churches are doing well all over the world. So that's, <laughs> it's a good, things are going great. Right. Yeah. Um, we don't often think in that way, just like we don't often think in the way of, well, I'm going to pray for everyone I've not even ever met. Right. Um, right. And, and some of these things, right. When we think about what are the kinds of things we might pray for, for, brethren in other places. And I'm sure this is your practice and, and other people listening as well. You might hear of someone in another place, right? Someone will say, oh, these brothers in this place that I know, or my cousin over there in this church tells me about whatever, right? And that gets brought up in, in your group and you'll pray mm -hmm. for those people that you don't know, right? But it's usually because they have a problem. Right. Um, here, you know, he says, I'm praying all the time, just thanking God for these good characteristics about you, right? Um, so it's, it's not even the kinds of things that we sometimes will do of, oh, I heard so-and-so has cancer, even though I, I don't know them, I'm gonna pray for them. This is, I heard so-and-so is doing really great. Let me thank God for that, right? Yeah. So that's, that's really sort of <laughs> different than, than the way I, I sometimes think. Yeah, well, I think that sometimes we, we, we tend to just be kind of hyper-local -foc hyper focused, yep. sure. right? Um, but to be a member of the kingdom of God yeah. is a universal thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's way bigger than just me and my family and my local brethren. It's way bigger than that. In fact, I've yeah. often, I've often said as I travel across the country from time to time, how great it is to always be able to find brethren to worship God with. Yeah. Right. It's a huge blessing. And we just don't, we, it's not a, and it's not in my personal habit to um, to really remember to pray about everybody, you know. So yep. there's a lesson there for us for sure.
Yeah. And I, I like the things that he thanks them for. Right. So he, he's got these things here. Right. He says, I thank God all the time that I've heard about uh, the faith that you have in Jesus as the Christ. And, and that's an interesting one for me a lot of times. So it it's become my habit sometimes I am more and more, I guess, is that I, I will not say so much, you know, like it's written here. We always thank God, the father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, like it's his last name, right? Uh, the, the real idea there is that we thank God, the father of our Lord, Jesus, who is the Christ, which again, is just a word that we didn't translate. Uh, right. but so it means, you know, the Lord Jesus, the anointed one, the Messiah, which is the same word, right? In Hebrew uh, there, mm -hmm. but uh, so that's really it. We, we thank God, the father of, of the, our, our Lord, Jesus, the King, right? Like, so mm -hmm. this, this thing that we, we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, we heard of your faith in the anointed Jesus. We heard of your faith in King Jesus. Um, and so he, he's thankful that they've received, not just Jesus, but that they've received Jesus as the King. Right. right. As the anointed, as the one. And these are Gentiles that the Jews were looking for down through all these years. Right. And right. you've accepted him as the Jewish Messiah as yours as well. Right. Um, and so that that first thing there is that idea of your faith in, in, in Christ Jesus or in the King Jesus. Uh, you know, that's one. The second is the love you have for all the saints. I just heard about how you love all the brothers, how you love all of the community of God's people. Um, and so I thank God that you have that kind of love. Uh, and that's interesting, right? Because Paul doesn't say that all the time, uh, you know. <laughs> so right. there's something special about this group that he says, "I've yeah. heard about your love," uh, and because you have this hope of heaven, right? You, mm -hmm. you you have this hope of heaven, and that's connected to those things, right? Right. Why do mm -hmm. they have faith in in Christ as the King? Why do they have a love for the brethren? It's because they understand this hope that they have of heaven to come, right? That's what motivates them to, to have those things. Um, and again, there's a weird verse break there, right? Like you might've ended verse five at the end of that period there of heaven and started verse six is of this thing you've heard, right? Um, right. But, uh, those are the things he thanks them for, right? I right. thank you for these three things, yeah. Well, I think that uh, when you go back to talking about the motivation of Paul, why is he writing this letter, right? I think part of it is, is, at that, I mean, can you imagine receiving a letter from the Apostle Paul? Yeah. Right? That would be a pretty big, like, faith-bolstering thing. Sure. Right? Um, it's like anybody that we hold in high regard in this life, right? If, if they recognized us and sent us a personal letter, that would make us, like, we'd be on cloud nine. Yeah. Right? Uh, and so I can imagine that Paul says, listen, I love this. I love Epaphras. They're, he's doing a good job. This congregation of Colossae is doing an amazing work. They're, they're, they're building the kingdom of the Lord. And I want to, I want to note, I want them to know that they're being recognized. Right. Yeah. And I think he also includes in his motiva motivation to, to lift them up and to give them a bigger perspective is what he says next. Uh, you know, of this, you've heard in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you. Yeah. And it's in the whole world bearing fruit. Yeah. And that's, you know, really interesting for a couple of reasons. Right, That first idea I like is this idea that they might have opened the letter and been like, Paul knows who we are. Right. Like right. Um, Paul's heard of us. Um, you know, so that's that's kind of a. a, a the thing that you're right, you've been like, wow, it's it's not like he knows somebody's been there and it's like, oh, it's a letter from Paul. How's he doing? Right. It's like, oh, <laughs> right. Why did Paul write us? Right. 
what yeah. if you have to, oh, he only has good things to say about us. <laughs> um, so that that's really interesting. And you're right. That thing that he says there about, um, you know, you have this hope of heaven because you heard about it in the gospel, right? That, that Epaphras spread to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's this thing there that he says, right? In verse six, it's come to you as indeed the whole world and it's bearing fruit and increasing. And then as it also does amongst you, since the day you heard it and understood about, right? Uh, yeah. And so that's that's this really interesting thing that, you know, is connected, right? That the, the gospel's in all the world and in all the world, it's growing and bearing fruit. And in the same way, it's growing and bearing fruit in the Colossians, right? And so what that suggests there, at least in my mind, is that there's this connection between the way that the gospel is growing in the individual saints and it's spread in the world. Right. And so sometimes when we think about this ideas, perhaps of, you know, oh, why isn't the gospel spreading in the world as much as it ought to be? The, the first question ought to be, well, is it growing in me? Right. Because <laughs> because they're connected. He says they do it in the same proportion, in the same way. Right. So if it's all over the world spreading, then it must be all over spreading in the saints. And if it's not in the saints, we shouldn't expect it to be spreading all over the world. Right. Right. Um, they're, they're related. They're, they're sure. related yeah. here. There's yeah. there's a <laughs> uh, there's a what we call a proportional relationship in mathematics. Right. That they're, they're directly related. <laughs> let's right? let's I mean, not get too mathy. Yeah. yeah they're not inversely related. They're directly related. Right. As one goes up, the other goes up. Um, and uh, we so, don't want to lose anybody, you know. Yeah, but that that's this thing here, right? That he's he's saying that they're they're connected together. And so, you know, that that sheds some light into why he's so thankful for the Colossians, right? Because of right. your great faith, because of your love for all the brethren, because of this hope you have in Jesus, that's spreading the gospel and 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 the kingdom work not just amongst you, but because it's growing in you, it grows in the region. It grows all around you, right? It grows yep in the world. Um, and so they're connected in that way. Right. Um, and, and he says, right. Why does that happen? Right. Since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. And so there's this, rela- there's this, this relationship there, this natural result. It seems like that if you understand, if you truly understand and know about God's grace, then the result of that is that, that, word grows in you and bears its fruit in you. And the result of that is it grows in the world at large. Right. And so, I mean, it, it begs sort of the question, right. If the gospel is not growing in you and bearing fruit in your life, it seems the answer is you don't really understand the grace of God then. Right. Cause if well, you I did, think, right. <laughs> there, there's some fundamental basics there though, that he says you heard it. Yeah. And you understood it. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and hearing it means that you you had to have been open to accepting a, 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 or or having some change in in the way you think, right? Because you you know faith faith comes by hearing, yep, the word of God, right? And so um, Jesus, how many times did Jesus say, "He who has ears to hear, let him hear,", yeah. let him hear right? Um, so these people were obviously eager and looking and hungry for the truth. But but it didn't just stop there. They also understood it. Um, you know, Paul in Acts, I think it was uh, I don't want to misquote, but he talked about the Bereans, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the Bereans were a people that that were uh, applauded for their their diligence to seek the truth and verify that what was being told to them is the truth. And Paul talks about the truth here 
uh, about the grace of God in truth, right? So they heard it, they understood it, and uh, and it was the truth, right? So, yeah, and uh, it's clear, cool. right? They they heard it, right? Because he says you learned it from Epaphras, right? It wasn't yeah. some just miraculous thing that came to them right. in some way. Epaphras came, he, he taught in their towns, he spoke in their towns. People heard him, and they they said, "Oh, I want to know more about that." They heard it and they understood it, uh, and and in understanding that, they, and and the message is clear, right? There. There may be things that are are sometimes require us to dig in uh, and and do some digging to understand, right? Uh, Peter will say that about Paul's writing. Sometimes there's some things that are hard to understand. But what he's yep. talking about here, he says, "Look, you, it's the grace of God, yeah. right? That's simple to understand. You, you, <laughs> it's easy to understand the grace of God and what He's done for you. Like you, this is not a deep, deep thing that you have to wrestle with. But but as you really, there's there's just going, oh yeah, I know it." And then there's really sort of having an understanding of that and yeah. then feeling what that does for you. And that seems to lead to this growth he's talking about. Cause he's going to yeah. talk about in a minute, right. That he, he prays for their continued knowledge and understanding. So right. it's not like they understood everything and had perfect knowledge yep. about everything, uh, but they understood enough about the grace of God uh, yep. and what that was tied up in the gospel message about Jesus to, to, to do something in their lives and mm -hmm. do something in, in, in their, their character and their, uh, right. their relationship to the world and their relationship to God. Yep. Right. And so well, you just talk about faith in action. I mean, he, above when he talked about, he's heard of their faith. Well, how, what was their faith doing? Yeah. Well, it was being demonstrated in the love that they were expressing to them. It wasn't just their love of, Oh, we feel, we feel so happy and loving towards our brethren. No, no, they were, they were actively helping each other out, lifting each other up, taking care of the, the sick and the poor and the needy and the widows and, they were doing all those things. It's the only way that love can be displayed, right? Is through, yeah. through action. And I think uh, you know when we talk about uh, you know that their their faith is being displayed. Yeah, and we'll see that you know as you get further along, uh, yep. you know, into the end of the chapter, he he talks about you know what it did in them, right? And so that that yeah. faith of Jesus it made changes in them. And in, in right. the way they lived and the, in the things they did and the deeds they engaged in and did yep. not engage in. Right. Um, and, and that happened right because of the faith. Right. So it's not just, yeah. Oh yeah, I heard about Jesus and I like what I have to hear. It changed them. Right. Uh, yep. in, in a very real, tangible, visible way. Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and get on to the next section there. Obviously yeah. he ends this little section talking about Epaphras and how, uh, how, how he made, made known to them, uh, their love. Um, all right, the next section says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled. Sorry. Hmm. The logo is covering that up. You may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Let's just stop there. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're, we're, we're going to end here, I, I think, yeah. because, I mean, it, after we discuss it a little bit, we're going to run out of time. But um, uh, just unpack this a little bit. What do you think? 
Yeah, right. So we see this sort of continued prayer, right? So the first part is about we thank God for you. Now, what is he praying for them for, right? So it's not right. that he's just praying them to thank God. He does right. pray for them for something. But notice it's not the kind of things we might think about typically, right? I heard that someone there was sick. And so we're praying that you get better. Um, he's praying for that church. And he, what he wants, right, is that they'll have this growing, that they'll be filled with this growing knowledge of God's will, that you'd understand God's will more and more. Um, and th that's going to be important later in, in the text, because it, it, like we said, there, there appears later that there's some sort of false teaching beginning to work its way around. Mm -hmm. um, and there seems to be there's either maybe there's some sort of secret doctrine or secret knowledge you need to have. Right. Um, and, and he says here, I want you to be filled with the knowledge of God. Right. And what God's will is. That's what you need to know. Right. <laughs> not not any of this other stuff. Um, and and what what's really sort of fascinating to me there's even in that first part right is there's a reason for that right like we sort of mentioned before how faith changes them in the same thing here he says i want you to be filled with the knowledge of god's will and spiritual wisdom verse 10 so that you can right so as to walk in a manner yeah. that's worthy of the lord fully pleasing to him bearing yeah. fruit in every good work and continuing to increase the knowledge of god so right. this knowledge of god is going to do these things for you it's going to change the way you walk it's going to make you pleasing to him it's going to have you bear fruit in good works and it's going to have you continue to increase in knowing god and who he is right and so that yeah. that's that's really good that there's this knowledge of god leads to behaving in a certain way right right well, the fact that uh, Paul is going to God in prayer as an intercession, he's asking God, please, Lord, fill them with your knowledge, the knowledge of your will, and give them all spiritual wisdom and understanding, right? I mean, you look at like King Solomon, for instance, right? Yeah. What, what was he? Well, what did he do that was so so right at the beginning of his reign? You know. Yeah, yeah, right. He's praised for this a similar sort of thing, right? Give me wisdom to rule this this great yeah. people, uh, right? This is, these are your yeah. people. Yeah, let oh, me rule Lord, these right? people in a way that's wise. Yeah. Yeah, and and so in, in a kind of a very similar way, Paul's saying, "Listen, I want nothing more for you than that you be filled." with the knowledge of God's will and, and have all the spiritual wisdom and understanding you need, right? Because with that knowledge and understanding, you'll be able to walk in a way that is worthy of the Lord, right? And we don't often think of in terms of being like having, being worthy really in our culture, you know? Yeah. Um, I oftentimes think of like the, the Japanese culture, right? And how patriarchal it, it has been, um, at least displayed in, in my limited knowledge. Sure. But, you know, when you have a father figure, right? And they're, they're, they're taught, children are taught, listen, your father, you, you must be worthy of his name, Right. Um, and, and I think in a, in a very real way, when we take on, we're, we're going to talk about that more later on, but we, we take on Christ, what are we doing? Right? We are, we're putting on the mantle of Jesus Christ and we're proclaiming to the world that we follow him. Right? And we, we really need to think about walking 
worthy uh, of of that title. Yeah, and you know it's what's good here, right? Is and it's it's clear in that next little clause as well, being fully pleasing to him, right? That that we can we can do that, we can walk worthy, and we can be fully pleasing because he will reveal himself to us, right? And so, yeah. uh, I used to. I used to teach high school students. Right. And, um, you know, I have expectations, but it's only fair if I have expectations of the students, they want to please me that I let them know what those expectations are. Right. It's, it's, uh, that, that's sort of a, a known way we react. Now, God is God. He could do whatever he wants. Right. He could say, no, be pleasing to me and just guess what I want. But he, he comes to us sort of on these human terms and he reveals to us his will. He reveals to us his wisdom, so that we don't have to guess what's pleasing to God, right? Uh, right? So that we don't have to go, how can I be worthy of what God has given me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's told us that. And it's right here, right? What? It, how do I do that? Well, I bear fruit in every good work. I increase the knowledge of God. And then as he goes on, I'm strengthened to endure. and be, right. So he tells us the things that please God here, right? We don't have to guess at what those are. Um, and, and, you know, sort of moving into those next couple of verses there that we read, not only is he giving you the the knowledge of his will, but Paul is also praying that you have the strength to carry it out. Right. Because right? sometimes I know what's right, or I know what you know, and I just don't have the will to do it. Right. I don't, um, even though I know I I, I, I fail because I, I don't have the strength to hold up. And so yeah. he's saying, God will also, I pray, give you the strength to do right. Yep. Um, and and he's he's tapping into that same that glorious might right the glorious might that God has that's what I'm praying for you I want you to have that kind of strength um, so that you can be pleasing uh, that you can be be pleasing to Him um, yeah so that that's you know hey great not only do I know He's going to help me do it too that's fantastic right <laughs> right yeah you know you mentioned being uh, being a teacher and everything um, you know oftentimes high school did did you ever give people your students a syllabus. Oh yeah, yeah. You give them. Here's the thing at right. the start of the year. Yeah, mm-hmm. here's the course syllabus. Here's the requirements. Yeah. What 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 does that do for them? Yeah, it gives them sort of clarity to know, right? Um, and yeah. you know, it tell them here's the grading policy. Here's you know so much percentage is going to be on this or that or whatever. Here's my expectations for homework. Right? How do you get right. full credit on homework? How do you you know? Uh, I'm giving you the outline. I'm telling you what yep. it is that I expect. Um, and, and, and 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 while while we aren't um, a works based you know, salvation. Sure. There, there's still a lot of criteria that God expects of us. And that's one of the reasons that this letter is so amazing is, is that Paul is helping us to understand how to please God and how, what the syllabus is basically. Right. Yeah. Um, it, and that's kind very, of what we said before, right? This yeah. idea that the first half is going to be about who God is and what he's done. I say half, it's not really half, but you know, the first part. <laughs> yeah. And then it's, so what should be the natural way? What should be your natural result of understanding that? And how should you lead your life? Yeah. Right? If you really know who God is and you really understand what he's about, this should be what you do, right? Yeah. This should be who yeah. you are. Yeah, um, exactly. And so that's uh, interesting there. All right. I want so to make sure you... we don't uh, miss out on something here too, right? Which yeah, is go ahead. which is really interesting to me, or that I think is is incredibly relevant uh, given our time, especially. You know, there's this idea that Paul says, "I want you to have the power of the mighty God," right? I want you to be strengthened with all of His glorious might, and then, right, and then, what do we do with that? Right. Because historically, the church has messed this up. I'm, I'm using the church you know, in, a, in a very broad sense. Right. Um, 
the strength that God is giving you and the glorious might he's putting into you is to what is to endure with patience and joy, right? It's to sit there and take it. And, and we've sort of messed that up recently and in historically, we think our job is we're going to be strengthened with the might of God to go out and fight battles and wage war and, you know, do whatever and change the world and do these kinds of things. That's just not the message you get from the New Testament at all. And, it, and it's clear here, he's going to give you all this strength so you can what? So you can sit there and take it, right? So you can endure and do it with joy. That, that's what God gives you all his power for, which is, again, sort of this upside down, bizarro idea in, in our modern culture about what Christianity is about and about what the power of God is used for. It's so that you can endure, man, that you can, you can take on all those things and you can just hold yep. up under them, right? Um, it, it's not to conquer kingdoms and throw down cities and whatever and whatever other ideas historically the church may have had, right? Um, right. And so that's, that's fascinating. Yeah, no, that, 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 that's absolutely. And, and we're going to unpack a lot more of this um, regarding the, the life we're actually called to live. Yeah. You know, and uh, as, as we continue on in the study, so we're going to wrap it up here at this little section here. I know that uh, you've got to get going. Yep. Um, but Hey, listen, uh, we're going to keep, keep on, uh, reading and studying the book of Colossians and uh, until we finish the whole thing, I think. Uh, and um, it's going to be a fantastic study. Uh, and I'm really encouraged uh, for everybody who's listening right now. If you have any questions or needs, uh, I'll throw this little uh, little ticker on the bottom. Uh, reach out to us. We, we, we'd love to help you out in any spiritual need you have. If you have any questions about the text, um, and, uh, we'll, we'll get Kevin to, uh, to help me out, answer those, those questions. If, if you, if you have anything specific for Kevin, just go ahead and, you know, mention his name in the comment and or email and we'll get those to you. So, all right, everybody, God bless you so much. And until next time, uh, we will see you then. Thanks everyone.